Hey. Hello. Hello. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Team Talks. We are super excited to have our friend Adam on today and get into a little bit of some memories and really catch up because we haven't talked to you in quite a while and are interested in, like, what's going on in your life. Too long. What's going on for the future, so... We haven't talked to you in forever, and also you're not active on social media, so it's not like we could have like yeah, we could have been like been like knowing what's going on in <laughs> life, or superficially at least. Yeah, and your face popped up. We got like so excited. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry. I, I don't think I've posted anything on social media in like eight years. So okay. uh, my, my my bad. I, I but uh, it's really good to be here. Thank you guys for having me on, uh, and it's so good to see you guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to catching up with you guys too. I just, it's been so long. No, so and you're like doing legit stuff, but you wanted to start yeah, from the we'll, beginning. We'll get there. We'll get to all the amazing things here. I you got to head. start from second floor. <laughs> second floor. Second, second floor, floor best so, floor. Second floor best floor. Not only was Adam on the second floor, he was also in the best room on the second floor. What? I I had, I had the honor the honor of being John's roommate. He was great. But seriously, we were in room two 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 two, and you can't get more second floor best floor than that. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, Adam is one of the two roommates that I had. So there were three of us in probably the smallest living arrangement I will ever live in for the rest <laughs> of my life, and they. So Adam and Andreas, our other roommate, have, were both best friends since, like, third grade. <laughs> and I was the other guy, like, coming in. And I was, like, so nervous coming in. I was more nervous about that than probably anything else of college. And I was, like, roommates are already kind of weird, you know, new people. You know, I'm mm-hmm. living literally underneath or on top of someone. Yeah. So, but the fact that they had been friends for so long, I was, like, either – this goes really bad or really good (laughs) and it was it was awesome you guys were super welcoming and like brought me into your guys' friendship and we had i'm not gonna say no but like almost no problems like the whole year yep and i was super thankful for that because i know a lot of our other friends did not have as easygoing roommate situations but Mm -hmm. always super thankful for you and andreas because of that and yeah yeah, it's actually funny. I have a story about you before you even met me. Um, oh, shit. So, <laughs> so what happened here is this was this is well before uh, we, we were given our roommate assignments like a month, a month and a half before FSSP started, which is uh, for people who might not know, it's a freshman summer start program. You go in like two months before undergrad starts and it was an awesome experience. But we got our roommate assignments and we, we saw you there. Um, it was funny, Andres and I were actually together at like a dinner party when we got the assignment in. So we were like, all right, let's check this, check this guy out. So we hopped on Facebook. Oh, wait, time out, time out, time out. Did you guys sign up for like double or triple or did you guys like want to have another roommate or? We signed up for a double, which is funny because then we got a triple um, and you were the third guy in there and we were like, all right, let's see who we're going to be roommates with. Um, (laughs) uh, so we looked you up on Facebook and we're like, okay, so this guy's, this guy's a prom king. Uh, he's the quarterback at his, his high school. This guy's going to be a total dick. That one of 
obnoxious. Yeah. Like got his Letterman jacket. Yeah, exactly. And the crown, and he's like, "What's up?" Yep, he's got. That's the one. He's popping a pose in his Letterman jacket, and we're like, "This guy's going to be a complete dick. (laughs) This is going to be so much fun." And then, because I mean, we 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 have our preconceived notions. We made assumptions, you know. Andres and I are both nerdy guys, so like we we were anticipating somebody who was just completely different walk of life was not going to be able to relate at all. Uh, was going to be we 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 assumed the worst and then we moved in um we met you that first day and it was like you were such a chill like nice low-key person it was completely unexpected we were like andreas and i were baffled um <laughs> but that was like the most pleasant surprise that i could have gotten th- that first day hell yeah that's so cool you're <laughs> such low standards you are fine i had <laughs> such low standards <laughs> yourself with low expectations and then you beat them no kidding i i mean i was so the the thing that like because like i i tried stalking you guys and i i found out like very little i was like because you again had like nothing on social media even since then and then Mm -hmm. all i was able to find out about andreas was that he was a lifeguard and i was like okay that could be cool (laughs) and that was like all i could find on you guys and i was like yeah, that must have been super like nerve wracking. You had no idea who we were. You were about to spend like a whole year of your life in a 100 square foot uh, room with two people that 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 I can imagine that would have been not not a good feeling there. But I, I was reassured when we were all talking about our like which bed we were going to have, which bed space. And you guys were both super chill about like which one and i was like all right i'm taking the bottom one like i know i already wanted it so i'm just gonna go for it and you guys were both just like oh yeah like that's fine and then i was like i was like okay even if they don't like me at least i'll have the bet i want (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah it ended up working out super well and we which is funny because i feel like we weren't super close at all freshman year we didn't like hang out Mm -hmm. but we were all just like courteous cordial roommates you know we were respectful we didn't do any crazy shit for the most part mm-hmm. and we and were all, all hung out together like as the group yeah and that also helped that way. but like yeah just like you know the normal like roommate dynamic things that can cause problems like we were all the same amount of comfortability with mess mm-hmm. and we were always <laughs> all like that's what i loved about aaron too. we were like hey we should probably clean this up on like a Wednesday and we're all like <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> I'm like, cool. And then it comes to yeah. Saturday and we're like, tomorrow? <laughs> I'm like, cool. And then I'll do it on Sunday. So it was like just a good dynamic that all of us had in the room, I think. Yeah, we were we were definitely on the same page uh, in terms of living. And that, that was just that that was so nice because I, I know roommate situations can get really messy really quickly. Because yeah. you're in you're in somebody else's space, you know, that their personal space. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, that turned out great. So three people, four walls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Good times. We've talked about freshman year like so much on this podcast. Obviously, because like a lot of important people in our lives are from that year. Um, mm-hmm. but it is funny, I think, for anybody who's like not who hadn't experienced even like a little bit of that. To be like, wow, they really all liked each other, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, or whatever, you know? That's funny. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll definitely not uh, talk too much about first year. And I just the, the episode of uh, that I listened to 
Uh, I know there was a lot of first year talk, so I won't I won't bore the listeners <laughs> with the same info. But you're fine talking. Uh, to you. We, we actually don't care no, what anybody I thinks when they listen. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I don't know. First year was like they were was a really cool floor dynamic that I think we we just had a, such a unique uh, just a unique like relationship as a floor mm-hmm. and. At first, everybody was everybody's friend, and it was it was wild. There was forty of us. We we're moving around like a pack. We'd go to the dining hall and take up like two long tables, mm-hmm. um, and then just over over the course of the year, it broke off into smaller groups as people kind of like figured out like who they shared interests with and stuff like that. And it, it was a pretty cool experience. Yeah, I have to say, I think that's Agreed. that's so important that it wasn't there wasn't any like hostility in that natural like clicking up. You know, like we were all mm-hmm. welcome with everyone. Everyone found their little pods and their groups. But the whole thing overall was still pretty, like, harmonious. You know, there wasn't, like, I mean, this group and this group were, like, enemies. Oh, yeah. And, like, they had, like, there was no, like, like team A, team B, whose side are you on? Like, it was just, like. No, that's true. But oh, we're close were... and we're not. <laughs> but there are people, I mean, everyone's experiences are different. So, I'm not sure. Like, it might not have been as good for some people. But I think all in all, it was a pretty damn good year it's probably my favorite year of my life thus far it was a pretty great year i think that i probably had more personal development that year of my life than like any other year mm-hmm. and easily more than like the four years of high school before that oh uh, same right yeah same. <laughs> that that year made me realize how many friends i knew i didn't have in high school <laughs> yeah not and that's not to like rag on friends in high school part of it is like where you're at in your life and like the experiences you're having especially me like I was super not sheltered from my parents but like just personally sheltered and for my parents too but I got into anything I didn't experience anything yeah you just have like less I feel like personal like emotional availability to get invested in people in high school and you got to college and you were like oh shit I really like these people like I want to share shit with them (laughs) but I also think that it was still a unique even for Oh. Even for like first year of college, it was still mm-hmm. like a pretty unique situation. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Exactly. It was it was for sure a unique situation. I think that most most first year uh, incoming like uh, undergrad classes don't have an entire floor of a dorm just become friends with each other on the first day. <laughs> Which in large thanks to Brittany, by the way, uh, <laughs> the, the strategy uh, we we had all had op- open doors that very first day. Open doors. Uh, I happy <laughs> yeah, I still remember. Uh, we were all kind of getting settled in, and we heard, "Hi, I'm Brittany." And we looked at the door, uh, and there, there was Brittany with. Uh, were you with Ern at the yeah. time? I was with Ernie and, and Shelby, and, Shelby. and you guys and were Shelby. all sitting in your like desk chairs eating a pizza. Very <laughs> distinctly remember meeting all you guys. Yeah, that was that. That was, that was those were good times. Everything was a bit crazy, but you know that was that was great. And yeah, just, I don't know. In terms of like, I keep on looking back at it. Um, just in terms of like personal development uh like throughout that year like high school like kind of sucked for me like i i did i had uh my friends were andreas uh, and then my other friends like bixby and mark and those were pretty much like my main friends through high school and like on- only andreas went to my high school on top of that so like going to college and like being friends with that many people uh was just such that's such a cool thing and such, such a great experience i mean episode. also what a like relieving and experience to have your best friend go to school with you in that situation yeah that's fucking dope like when you've got one solid guy 
and for you guys to both go to the same school and be roommates, like, that is huge. Like, if you guys both hated John and most of the people on your floor, and you would have been still okay. You still would have been okay. <laughs> that was a very smart yeah. move. But yeah, that was on the flip side, you guys just got to experience all of that together, which is even cooler. Yeah, honestly, that was. I, I'm really happy we, we could go to the same school. That was actually, it was like pretty much a coincidence. Um, UCSB wasn't my number one school, but it was the number one school that I got into. Uh, Andreas got into UCSB in like Chapman, I want to say. Mm. And he was about to go to Chapman because uh, they had an engineering program that he liked. And then he just like kind of last minute decided to go to UCSB because he went to the campuses. And he's like, I like UCSB better. And so it was almost just a complete coincidence that we ended up going to the same school. Um, and that, yeah, it was super cool. Like, we knew that we weren't going to be alone because, I mean, we, we, were, we were both going. So it was, a, it was a good feeling for sure. I love it. So cool. I want to talk about Andreas, but I also want to have Andreas on. But Andreas is mm-hmm. freaking killing life right now, huh? Him and Shri are making moves. Literal, Literal. moves. <laughs> <laughs> like moving all their shit to another state moves. <laughs> yeah. They are, they, they arrived, let's see, two days ago. Um, okay, I don't, yeah, we shouldn't talk too much. <laughs> I know. Uh, they moved to Chicago. That that, that that's a that, that's the fact. They arrived two days ago. It's very exciting. But he's going to be on the podcast, so I don't, I don't want to take up his talking points here. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Um... Yeah, Adam is another Trigo boy. Yes, with Parker. With Parker. I was just contemplating whether or not I should admit that Adam is my first crush of college. But I think I'm <laughs> going to admit that. Just so everybody, it's for right. the record, <laughs> it is known for the record that Adam was my first crush at college. Um, mostly because he was a Giants fan. Um, and I was like, right there, lame. there we go. It was just like a nice bonus. Not I, to mention that year. Immediate things in common. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. Like day one, like he's cute. He likes giants. And then I had a girlfriend. So then I didn't, I like <laughs> the crush crush left me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I never, I said, I don't remember what that was back before Adam was all fucking muscly. Yeah. That's true. Adam during freshman year met Parker, and Parker like fucking muscle whispered into his ear <laughs> and was like, "Do you want the games?" And Adam just like took off and got all shredded. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's like a that's a whole story uh, right there. Um, but th- I mean, that was just a part of like the how how much life changed for me in my freshman year. Um, but. I, I went in, I was like 160 pounds, you know, um, skinny, but not that skinny. And just, I had never lifted pretty much in the gym ever. Uh, and there was like a point during freshman year um, where I was kind, kind of sad, uh, feeling down about myself. And Parker had offered uh, to show me how to lift at the gym. And Gerardo, my other friend, freshman year, uh, still friend now, very good friend. Mm-hmm. Um he he was also already lifting at that point so i was like all right these guys are lifting i'll go there and try it and uh um i think that needless to say got really really into lifting um you put on like fucking like 20 pounds or some crazy shit like (laughs) so i was 160 i started lifting and i was also running a few miles every day um and i dropped down to 150 from just all that exercise Mm -hmm. and then i started like more focusing on lifting and eating a ton at the dining commons and i went up to 190 i went up 40 pounds for a shit! That's crazy. but like when we say 40 pounds we mean like 
the best looking 40 pounds. Like, <laughs> like Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Because like, you can put on 40 pounds freshman year, and everyone's like, oh, shit. But, like, he put on size. And he was starting, like, his shirt started not fitting. Yeah, his, he just, said, like, like, shoulders and back and arms just, like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that was, I loved it so much. It was such a great feeling. And it was to just put on that much muscle that quickly. Um, just because I had never saw seen myself as somebody who would do that or who could look like that. So, Okay, what, that what was... kind of regimen were you working, though? Because, like, I've recently started being more active and, like, I'm, like, about a month into, like, five days a week, like, working out again, like, at least, like, an hour a day, like, getting stuff done. You know, doing, like, lifts around the house. I don't have, like, access to, like, like a, a rack or anything. But, mm-hmm. like, what, what, how much work were you putting in to get those results? Let's see. We were at the gym. So we would do three days on, one day off. And those three days on, we would split it up between different muscle groups. So we would do like uh, chest and back one day, shoulders, legs, and biceps, triceps. So we went to the gym probably about two hours a day, uh, about six days a week. And then I was eating a ton of food at the dining commons because I could eat as much as I wanted. And that was, that was how I did it. It was just like 12 hours of intense lifting a week and just a ton of food. And I was 18. And I was 18. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still working out a ton now? Or keeping up with it? How are you doing that in quarantine? Quarantine? Well, okay, it's a mixture of uh, quarantine and law school that have thrown me off my game a bit. So I'm I'm lifting. I'm doing some pretty casual lifts now in my backyard because I don't have gym access. Mm -hmm. So I have a 50 pound weight vest that I'm just using for like everything. Um, and in quarantine, I, I didn't, I didn't do anything for like a month and a half or two months. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, trying to get back and do it now, but, uh, definitely once, once gyms are opening back up, uh, I'll be in there on, on a daily basis as soon as I can. Nice. Love it. I love the idea of that structure in your life where it's, you know, it's a constant, it's an everyday, it's a thing on your list you check off and feel good about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's why I got into it at first. Um, but especially now during that quarantine, the lack of structure can definitely be an issue um, for me. I feel like other people can sometimes like face that issue as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, that, that's what took me so long. It was just like, like when you, when you have less time, you're more likely to do more with that time. Like, if I have two hours, I'm more likely to spend one of those hours doing something productive and one chilling. But if I have eight hours, it's so hard to be like, oh, I should use this hour to be productive. <laughs> because you have <laughs> seven like, other hours you could yeah. be productive that you won't be. <laughs> it's like, why would I be productive now? I have seven whole more hours today exactly. that I can be productive in. And then it, the day's gone uh, and you haven't been outside in a month. But, you know, <laughs> the, these, these things happen. Uh but yeah, that's that's for sure. How, how how have you guys been, by the way? I'm thriving, Brittany. He is killing it. He's I, okay, killing it. I'm I'm on the verge on an up uphill trend. He's killing it after many months. Many many months of me not feeling like I was killing it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great to hear. Enhances Just because the right killing. Just because yeah, exactly. I mean. I just had my first day of work in five months this week. Nice. Nice. Where where, where are you working at? I'm working as a substitute teacher. Ooh, that's fun. Which has been kind of a shit show because (laughs) school is a shit show and our country is a shit show and you know all that. So Mm -hmm. 
yeah, substitute teachers were not too high up on the list of trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> but I recently found out that I'm going and that I got off basically offered a position to be a long term, like full time sub for a particular school. So That's great. I'm assigned to a school, a middle school, and I am basically Monday through Friday. I am that school's sub. I'm at their disposal for whatever me and I'm going to be compensated fairly well for what I'm doing and I'm excited to one come back to work two mm-hmm. come back to work in a full-time capacity and three also because of like all the shit going on they raised the pay so it's I'm coming back at a better rate than I was before even so yeah it's just all of the dominoes are lining up and I just cannot wait to start next week I'm just ecstatic like after five months that I'm getting into this and I spent the last month getting in the workout regimen. So I feel like I can continue that because I'm motivated with that. And it's just like, it's a lot, but I'm, I'm ready to have a busy strict schedule again. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so great to hear. <laughs> what kind of sub are you going to be? Are you going to roll with an iron fist? I'm fucking chill. I, I, I operate on a respect level. The kids who respect yeah. me will like me the most because I will respect them the most. I think that's really all it takes. I think that's something that a lot of people in authority positions don't understand is that the best way to get respect from somebody is just to respect them back. Yes. It's, it's a quid pro quo system there. You know, if you respect somebody, they'll respect you. If you treat somebody decently, they're going to treat you decently. Um, I don't know. I feel like people... Some people just don't get that. People it's, overcomplicate that situation there. It's, it's very – and especially while I'm going to be dealing with some of the 12, 13, 14-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Those are not the people you want to try and disrespect. <laughs> no, no. They will make you miserable. I mean, they make each other miserable. I don't even know what generation they're called now this age, but, like, <laughs> like they're – like, they just don't give a fuck anymore. So I'm, I'm going to be chill. They're going to be chill. And – it's nice that I'm going to be at the same school site, so I have the opportunity to see a lot of the same kids over and over and over. But mm-hmm. I'm also over Zoom, so, like, I can only rule so hard. <laughs> like, what am I going to do, permanent mute you, kick you yeah. out? Like, <laughs> like, there's not exactly. a whole lot of control to begin with. So I think starting out with the respect level, like, hey, here's the expectations. we do this. We're going to have a fun day, and that'll be it. It sounds like the right the right approach to be taken. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a cool son. He's also coaching football. Oh yeah. No. Football has been kicking. We're we're back at the same school. school. Yeah, not at the middle school, but at the high school damn near across the street. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's been going great. We are back in school now, so there is a like last period of the day that's football period and mm-hmm. they've been like we've we've been hosting Zoom workouts. <laughs> through that period so i get to go there and you know, i help take role for a 130 person class and that's, that's... we basically watch them work out and give them technique corrections over zoom which is the worst way possible to try and coach but it's all we got going right now and so we're allowed so yeah that sounds that sounds super great man i'm so glad that you, you you've got it going Thanks. Feels, feels, good. feels good. I'm back on the ups. And yeah. Brittany is killing it. I'm just working. Work. Killing it working. I've been able to work this whole time, which has been nice. 
Nice. That is nice. Yeah. And I <laughs> am finishing up um, some to get a certain like certificate credential thing. Uh, that's been a relief. And a lot of stuff has kind of fallen into place this last few weeks where it was like super stressful all the months prior. <laughs> so I also feel good. We're kind of this household, man. Just We're like just killing it. Endorphins on high. I came on the podcast at the right time. Y'all in a great did. mood. Life's good. The previous ones were like, dude, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Low key, there's still aspects of oh, yeah, yeah. stuff going on where it's like that. But yeah, now we have positives to focus on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely. You know, taking care of yourself, that, that's the first step to just everything else in life, really. I agree. Taking care of others, taking care of yourself professionally, everything. That, that's just where it's at. I agree. So, that good I to hear you guys are doing well. Thank yeah, you. And you're you're killing you're it killing in school too. right now too. You're... I want to hear about law school. All right. So, all right. Where, where do you want me to start? Do you want me to start? I want to start with um, where did what you get your degree in, and how did you choose law school? So I got my undergrad degree in poli sci, and then I got a minor in Spanish as well, political science. Um, yeah. And political science. So. Sometimes the colleges will have like a pre-law major. Um, UCSB didn't have that. Uh, so I was interested in law school ever since I realized that uh, I didn't want to be a doctor the freshman year. Mm. Um, <laughs> <but, laughs> <laughs> Alex for the worst. <laughs> but yeah, and, and it's just um, after I realized that, I was like, that, that was something that was on my mind. Uh, so I got my degree. I went and worked for a year at a law firm up here oh, cool. um, in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. in Los Altos, doing like immigration law for um, mostly for like high school workers coming over um, for tech companies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We would do their immigration stuff. Um, and I was in more of an admin, like secretary role there. Mm-hmm. So pretty much anything that uh, that people, other people in the office didn't want to do or couldn't do came onto my plate and I just handled it but it was also a super cool experience um I, I like planned all the birthday st- like celebrations and I upgraded I upgraded their cake game they were getting like Safeway cakes and I was like man these aren't that great you're like, like no 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 I grew up I was like, I know where the cakes are I was like ten dollars more we can go to like the best bakery in the Bay Area prolific oven they do awesome cakes um, this isn't a advertisement for them because they've shut down since then, which is tragic. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I that, that, that was a good time. $10 more for like a cake that was like three times as good. Like, come on. It um, wasn't your money. So. Were people like, would call Adam? Like, were they happy? Yeah, people were stoked. That that first cake that came in, like, that was a game changer for the office. <laughs> like, I love it. They, they were doing, like, Whole Foods, like, which isn't bad, or, like, Safeway, which, like, isn't that great, um, cakes for, like, birthdays and stuff. But, like, just, you know, it's the little things, you know? Yeah. It's, like, it's worth it's worth $10 of, like, the company's money to, like, make everybody happier. It's also the, the difference in half the cake being eaten and the whole cake being eaten. You know, the cake got eaten and taken home. You know, the, the, the other cakes were left in the fridge and had to be thrown away. So, honestly, it was an environmental move. In my <laughs> <laughs> yes, Adam, I love it. <laughs> but, yeah, so that I worked there for that year. Um, that was mostly to figure out if I actually wanted to be a lawyer. Which is uh, the best thing you can do. Good job, Adam. <laughs> like, that, seriously, that's exactly why I started subbing. Because I was like, am I going to teach? I don't know. Maybe I should try subbing. 
I totally think, especially with like committing to law school, like that's a huge commitment. So, like, good on you for wanna... making sure. <laughs> yeah. So, do I want to take on tens of thousands of debt for a profession that I don't know if I want to like enter? <laughs> no, I'm going to work for a year. Um, yeah, that, that was definitely my 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 plan there. And uh, yeah, I worked there for a year. I was like being a lawyer. That's totally up my alley. It's like it's my skill set. I, I love the the legal questions that they're faced. Um, so I, I started studying for the LSAT while I was still working there. Um, and that was kind of a, that was an interesting experience. The, it's like, um, it's a, it's kind of like the SAT in terms of like being a standardized test, but it's only on, um, logic ish, like logic problems, uh, word, word questions where you basically need to do like math to figure out, uh, certain you know i'm not going to bore everybody with the lsat explanation too much but oh i like no, it i'm curious i'm yeah. interested tell me you about start it. talking about logic that's up my alley <laughs> you're yeah. watching parker for like 30 minutes about retirement plans and i was so <laughs> about it. I was like 100% yeah about it. we want to hear what you would you like mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure um momo is actually studying for the lsat right now so she she, she would be a, a good a good source for this but uh oh. did i lose you guys nope, you're so here. good Okay. So yeah, it was like logic questions, reading comprehension, um, just basically doing these word problems as well. Um, It it, it was a big test in terms of like how you could think like with like cold logic. That was all it was a test on, Um, which, you know, I don't, I don't think that really captures what being a lawyer is, but it does capture the, type of thinking that it requires to solve legal problems, Mm. um, which is you do need to approach it from like a logical, like standpoint, figure out what the issue is, uh, address the issue. And then it didn't really, there's more, there's more after that, there's more steps, but the LSAT didn't really address those steps because I guess those are, those are left for law school, but um, wasn't happy with my score the first time I took it. I think part of that is because I was working full time and then trying to study on top of that, which just didn't, didn't leave me with too much time to study. And then I took it again a second time. I was super happy with my score. And then went ahead and applied. And now I'm at UC Irvine for law. And you are socially online educating? I, I'm at my parents' house right now for this semester because... Uh, so Lauren... Okay, this is more explanation. Lauren is my girlfriend. We've been dating for... Uh, a long time five five years years, a little bit over five years um five and a half years yeah so she is going to england um because she's getting her master's at cambridge that sounds fucking cool (laughs) yeah that sounds so legit (laughs) i mean she's pretty awesome you know She, (laughs) she deserves all the credit i can give her but uh yeah she's going over there for to get her master's um so she she left on friday we were living together in Long Beach, and I had been commuting from Long Beach to Irvine, um, which was a pretty unpleasant drive. Uh, it's about forty-five minutes both ways. So all traffic, <laughs> all traffic, exactly. It's a twenty-minute drive that was forty. That took forty-five minutes, but um, yeah, that so that that was that was my first year. Um, I was living with Lauren, and then yeah, she's she's going to Cambridge. So now I'm up here at my parents' house because I have no reason to live down there anymore. Because um, she had been working in LA, which is why we were living in Long Beach, which is between Irvine and LA. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now I'm, I figured, you know, why why pay rent when I can just live up here yeah. if we're going to be online? For sure. Move, definitely well, move. Okay, so you guys, let's get this straight. Because you guys were long distance in college, mm-hmm. all of college, all of college, 
and then you lived mm-hmm. together for a year post grad, mm-hmm. and now you guys we- live in separate countries. So, college was long distance, and we started dating like um, towards the end of freshman year, and then. Pause. Did you go to the same college that Bixby went to? Yeah, yeah, she okay. went to Pitzer. That's that's so convenient and nice. Okay, good. Yeah, it, it, I mean that's the only reason I knew her is because um, I was visiting Bixby. For... He set it up. <laughs> yeah, that yeah exactly. You know, she was she was his uh, his neighbor. So, so she uh, yeah. So we spent three and a half years, three ish years in undergrad doing long distance. Spent a year after we graduated also doing long distance because she was. Um, I was up here working at my job um, and she was in LA. She had her job down there. So, cause I, I was able to get a job up here. Um, so we decided to go like long distance for one more year. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, all right, we, we need to move in. Um, it had been long enough. <laughs> so we, we moved in for a year and that was this past year, which was also my first year at law school. You guys are killing it. Yeah. yeah. That, like that, is, that is some commitment right there. Seriously. She's going to grad school in, in, at Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Just that. How, right long of a, how long of a program is that? A year? One year. One year? Okay. Oh, that's and really your, nice. your law school program has one more year or two more years? Including this one, two more years. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. You guys have good timeline. Yeah, you guys are on good pace. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be done in two years. She'll be coming back. And then we'll live again, we'll live together again for my last year of law school. And then we're going to move to wherever she get goes to her PhD program. And then I'll, I'll just start working there. Oh my gosh. You guys are so intelligent. Fucking planners. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes so happy. Because once you have your fucking law degree, you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once you get the degree, wherever you pass the bar, you can just start working. So that, that that's my plan. That's awesome. Hell yeah. And do you have to like, question, like law question, do you have to like, work for a firm can you like independent like independently work as a lawyer or do you need to like get you put in the door somewhere to get you can you can you can throw a a sign up on your on the front your front door and be like adam cook attorney at law uh and just work for yourself and say come to me with any legal issue you have um that's a very bad idea because (laughs) nobody's going to come to you if you have no experience so i'll be working for um somewhere i don't know if it'll be a firm or the government, or a city. Okay, so or... at, the, at the lowest, you, uh, uh, if you if you cannot find one, one will be appointed to you, and then Adam goes <laughs> up as the appointed lawyer. Oh, I'm so <laughs> grateful of that. Um, but so okay, I need an explanation here because so there are different types of lawyers in a case. Like in a particular case, there's like the defendant, and then what's the other? I'm super ignorant by well, pros- prosecution prosecution yes that one. right yeah that's right so there's but there's also pri- so it's private and public so the prosecution is always going to be public uh you're working for either the state um or you're working for the federal government mm-hmm. and you're prosecuting uh crimes um right. you're, you're you're the one who's pressing charges you're forming the case you're going to court you're trying to put people in prison that, that's pretty much what you're doing as a prosecutor. Um, defense, uh, you can either be a public uh, defender, which uh, usually people who can't afford private defense uh, will be appointed, well, always, because it's it's your constitutional right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people who can't afford a private defense will be appointed a public defender. Um, and people who can't afford private defense will generally hire uh, private defense attorneys as well. Mm-hmm. So that that's in criminal law, which is just one of the areas of law. Uh, there's oh, there's yes. more. I need you that's, to tell me. That's what, the areas I'm interested in. I need to, you to tell me what you're interested in. Like, what's your general interested path? That's that's such a good question. Um, I'm like, trying to I'll figure tell out. You after two more years of law school, <laughs> <laughs> my interest is wherever wherever I'm offered a job. I'm super interested there. But uh, no, just kidding. Um, I don't know. I really I, I've liked. I mean, there's immigration law, which I've I worked for my for the uh, firm before I went to law school. They did immigration law, and then this past summer I worked. Uh, I was doing like an externship, which is like a essentially an internship um, summer work. Mm-hmm. for a completely different type of immigration law, which is, I mean, even within Im- immigration law, there's private immigration law for um, like uh, high, like high paying tech jobs, stuff like that. I was doing this past summer immigration law where we were helping people get their DACA status. Mm-hmm. So like um, even within Im- immigration, there's like so many different things to do and there's countless, countless areas of law to work in. So that that's kind of the beauty of, law is that you can work wherever i mean my uncle's what, what's that i said mm, in response uh yes <laughs> um but my uncle he's a lawyer and he works um in-house which is like another option for lawyers so basically a company who wants they they want a lawyer on their payroll because they they don't want to hire out private firms uh to do their law work they'll bring in uh, in-house lawyers so my uncle drafts contracts for genentech um because Ooh, it's cheaper Genentech. it's cheaper yeah that sounds and like it's a nice paying gig <laughs> it it is it is a nice paying gig he, he, he just bought a house in the bay area so he's doing okay nice. um but yeah it's like that that's an option you know uh in-house and uh, that's super super cool that he can work for genentech who like oh yeah are making like medical devices and like saving lives because it makes you motivated that- to want to support them and like back them yeah, that's that's something I'm kind of struggling with right now. I'm trying to figure out like what path I want to go on. I love doing public interest work. So public interest law is essentially um, doing law for underserved populations at a discounted rate or for free. Because, mm. um, you know, lawyers are expensive yeah. uh, for the most part. And but the issue is that like everybody faces legal issues. So like there's people who don't have enough money to afford to hire out an attorney who need legal assistance and that's where public interest comes in. So they're either funded by like the state or by donation. And so that's what I was doing over the summer is doing public interest immigration work. And I'm trying to figure out right now, like if that's a path I want to go down um, because sometimes, well, I don't know. It's the most rewarding work in terms of like how you feel, but not monetarily. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, so you, I'm trying to like find a balance for that. I don't know. I feel like my uncle kind of found a balance for that uh, a position where he's like monetarily rewarded for doing work that's helping people. And I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's, ideal. that's the fucking crosshairs of being a lawyer is, are you defending the fucking murderer or are you helping, you know, someone like, that's hey. like both of those jobs are important, but. Hey, yeah, defending the murder, you know, that's, that's an important job. Yeah. And there's people who aren't murderers who need defense and can't afford it. And, you know, so, I mean, it's rewarding work, even if you do need to like defend people who have committed crimes. Um, 
I'm trying to not not make any enemies here in the, in the legal profession. You should, but, you're doing great. You're talking. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm trying to find a balance for that because it's like a, it's an issue of morality, but it's also an issue of like what I want out of my life. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I want I want to own a house someday. Um, I want I want to have like kids someday, and that you know that's expensive, and it's like. I need I need a, a job that'll allow me to provide like a good life for my family, but also uh, so I can like still live with myself at the end of the day. I don't want to be, um, I don't. Can be well, buying houses like, just off of scumbags. Do <laughs> <laughs> you need to hear him? And he's like, I'm not trying to like yeah, talk bad. <laughs> I said it for him. <laughs> no, but there's like I don't know. Like think of think of like the worst company you can think of. Like what company do you hate? Fucking Walmart. I know of somebody. <laughs> Who was part of a firm? I don't even know what realm or I do, and I'm being like cavalier facetious. about it. Facetious is sarcastic. I'm being like cavalier about it. Anyway, um, they were essentially poached. This is like really shitty. It's gonna like really bring down our podcast. It's fine, <laughs> but they were poached to defend a um agency that works with kids with special needs who um had employees who were sexually abusing the clients that's pretty awful so that that is a scenario where like who the fuck wants to defend those people yeah exactly so like that or like Ghislaine maxwell she's probably hiring out a really expensive attorney to defend her uh, that's the whole jeffrey epstein right. situation right um but like that that's the kind of job where like i don't think that i would be happy um doing doing work to benefit bad causes or bad people. Like, e- even if you, like, get rewarded monetarily as, as a result of it, that's just, I, I don't think I can do that. So, because, like, you as a lawyer have the job of giving everything you can to help whoever you're defending. Mm-hmm. So you can't, like, kind of hope they get caught even though you did everything you were supposed to, you know? No, like- <laughs> no. You need you need to fight for your class. The thing is, that when you're representing a client, it doesn't matter what's happening. You're you're their representative, and you're doing everything in your client's best interest. And it, as a lawyer, it, it can't matter to you when you're representing that client what they've done, um, or what the outcome of the case would be. Uh, it just what matters to you is representing a client. And you're not going to be a good lawyer if you're not willing to do that. Um, Which is why you took the cold logic test. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a. That that's a, that's a test not of not of morals but of of analytical skill and that that's what you need when you're when you're a lawyer regardless of who you're representing. But the beauty of being a lawyer is you also get to choose who you represent. So um, I, I don't I don't need to represent a, a person or a cause that I don't think is doing good in this world. Yeah. If you question if you work for like say a law firm. Those all of those things still apply, right? The law firm can't like bully you into taking a case that you don't want to be a part of, or they kind of can. Can they can be like? Oh, they can. Okay, they absolutely. Well, it's not a matter of bullying. It's a matter of all right. You're working for the firm. Whoever our client is, whoever we're representing, you'll represent or you're fired. Cool. That's just how it is. Because like you, if you're working for a big firm like that, you don't really get it. Especially when you're starting out, you don't get to choose who their client is. Um, you have no say in it pretty much right. and you can choose you can choose not to work on something but 
if it, I mean, and also when you get hired, you can say, Hey, I'm not comfortable working, defending this type of company. And they can be like, okay, well, we'll hire you on anyways. Cause we think you're a good applicant and we can we fire you later stuff. if we want to, or they can be like, no, they'll usually be like, <laughs> if, if you say that and they do defend that type of company and it would become an issue for them, they just wouldn't hire you. And I think that's kind of the best way of doing it. Um, you, yeah, you can really, you can control it that way. Rolls up front. Everybody knows yeah, what's exactly. going on. So there's no, no funny business later when you get stuck on a case that you don't want to be on. Exactly. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's just the best way to live life is to be upfront. You know, you, you just, you, if, if you're in a situation where you have expectations of the other person, they have expectations of you, you want them to know what your expectations are and you want to know what their expectations are. Like it, it's obviously different for like um, if you're like hanging out with somebody and having a beer. <laughs> um, but I'm talking more about like in like a business, like situation. a professional, right? Like, yeah, work yeah, relationship, yeah, absolutely, especially, yeah. like, especially in law, like this, like more, more so than others, definitely. Yeah, there's there's a lot of strategy that goes into it with the law, too. Um, and that's why I love it. Uh, because I, I love I love strategy. I'm a huge board gamer. Um, Heard you've been playing Judges and Dragons. Oh yeah, uh, I'm, I'm DMing. That honestly, it's the highlight of my week at this point. Um, I, I love I love DMing for Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. It's like that's my escape. Mm. Who's it, so. who's in your your crew? So the party is Parker. Ethan, Specky, and Andreas. Oh my goodness, the boys! The boys. The boys <laughs> went and Gerardo. Where the heck is Gerardo? Gerardo was Gerardo was invited. Just so just so <laughs> everybody knows, Gerardo was invited. He's not a big fan of D and D, so he chose not oh, to join. It's not for everyone, but sure. which is totally fair. Yeah, that's um, just like missing Gerardo and Oliver. It's all <laughs> the only two names missing from the group. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, that's been super cool. I mean, that that's like. We, we talk every week now. Like, yeah. we before, it was super sporadic. We have, like, a Snapchat that we use for communication and stuff like that. But being able to talk to everybody every week and, like, play a fun game with them and just mess around, super cool. Plus, I love DMing. So, but, uh, I should probably mention DMing Dungeon Master. Thank you. you. You're the one who creates the game and runs it for the players. And the players in this situation are Parker... Specky, Ethan, Andres. Oh my goodness! So he's he's the host. Oh how? He doesn't get to play, but he gets <laughs> to do everything. Okay, can you give me like a very brief rundown of D and D? Because I feel like yeah, that's I fair. don't really know what it is. I feel like it's something everyone's heard, everyone knows about, but knows nothing about. Right. I feel like there's <laughs> a lot of people who are either like big fans of D and D or roll their eyes and they don't know why they're rolling their eyes at D and D. You yeah. know what I mean? So, because I know it's like addictive to whoever's playing it. And so maybe that's why other people are like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. So, what it is at its core is one person who either you can buy like a, you can buy a game and run it for people. So, you don't need to make it yourself if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. But it's somebody who makes a game and then everybody who wants to play it makes a character. And when they're playing the game, they're not playing as themselves, they're playing as that character. So that's why it's like known as a role-playing game because you're playing the role of whoever you create, which can be fun um, because you can be like, um, I don't know, you're, you're an older person, you, you follow the rules, you live your life the way that you're supposed to, mm -hmm. and then you can make a D&D &D character that is just a, 
a, a terrible person who steals everything they can get their fingers on uh, and goodness. like will I do their it. best to to undermine everybody that they come in contact with. And it's totally fun because you're you're role playing in a game. Nobody's nobody gets hurt. You can also play as I don't know. You can play as a wizard who wants to save the world from some great some great uh, danger that's there. So your your role playing is a character that you make and, in this game. In the beginning of DnD, you you like set all of these characteristics out right you say like oh like this is the type of person i am to a t like this is what i do how i am so like when you're in the game you reference back to like what you can reference back to who you are yeah so you'll make you'll make a character sheet on this character sheet you'll list out your the personalities of your character their background their alignment which is there's there's a variety of alignments but basically decides whether you're more chaotic or law-abiding, and whether you're evil or good. So you you put all this information about your character, Johnny was right on the nose about it, mm-hmm. onto this sheet, and then that's who your character is. And while you're playing, you're not going to say, oh, I'm a chaotic person, so I'm going to do this. You just do it, and people will figure out, based on what you're doing in-game, like who, what your character is like. Oh, I love this. So only you know what your character is like, and it's everyone that's else's right. job to figure it out and predict what you'll do. Yeah, or they don't even need to predict what you'll do, but you're just inter- interacting with them. Um, for example, in the campaign I'm running, uh, Specky's character is what's known as a murder hobo. So what he does <laughs> is he just kills people for really no good reason, a lot, uh, and for bad, for horrible, horrible reasons. Andreas's character is a, a good law-abiding person who owns like a, a, a railroad company, essentially. And he's just horrified by all these things that Specky's character is doing. He's trying to keep Specky's character in check. I am in love with this. Okay, so how mm-hmm. long do so if you meet every week? Is it a new mm-hmm. game every week, or is it you said a campaign? It takes like months. Campaign. It's the same game. It's okay. Well, you create a world, mm-hmm. and they just start playing in it. So they're just in this world. You make. Let me turn on a light out here so you guys can actually see me. Yes, please. Yeah, um, see your pretty backyard. Yeah, there's Dungeons and Dragons is. I've been invited to play, I think, twice, and it's just never been in my, like, schedule. I feel like I could very much get into this. Like, it's... It's... If you have an active imagination, you're going to love D&D. And you have a... a and a fun party to play with. Um, that That's the only two requirements. You don't need to know how to play for it to be fun. You don't need to get all of the books and materials for it to be fun. All you need is a set of dice, which costs like four bucks, and a group to play with. And that's all it takes to get into it, which is super cool in my opinion, because it's, it's such a low cost for entry hobby. Whereas like other hobbies can be just like super expensive. And for this, it's it's just you need dice, you need a group to play with. You don't even need dice. You you could you could just roll dice digitally, enter for free, uh, just to try it out. But it's it's so much fun. I love it. Parker's character is a horse. Just so you know. uh, he's he is he is a horse. Um, his name is Horsey, and I love it. His his background is that he's a centaur who was born with a birth deformity, so that he just looks like a horse, and was <laughs> was banished banished from his home as a result of it. That's so, so now fucking he's Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I love. It. Okay, wait. How do you end the game? How long does it last? And like, what needs to happen? So the game ends essentially when the DM decides that it ends or when everybody dies. Um, but 
yeah, it, it can happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Becky's almost died twice now, so he, he makes bad decisions. I thought he and... was the one killing everybody. Yeah, he is, but, you, you know. <laughs> exactly. There, there's consequences for your actions in the game. Um, he has no but... shoulder to hide <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So the the game the game ends when usually there'll be like a a big a big bad guy and he's the one who's causing all the issues that these adventurers are trying to solve and they'll end it by beating him and then that's kind of when the campaign ends and at that point uh you can start a new campaign or you can keep playing those characters in the same campaign and the dm just keeps new material coming in um but in terms of deciding what to do that that's kind of the fun part. The party decides what they want to do. The DM has no control over their decisions. Um, or the DM shouldn't have control over their decisions. Uh, it's something known as railroading, is bad DMing when you just force characters to do something they don't want to do. Mm. Um, so you're, you're supposed to not let them... But, I mean, if you're, if you're a clever DM, you can kind of, like, trick them into doing what you want them to do anyways. Dude, uh, so, so the plot can go on, and they can still have fun. Um, but... Yeah, that, that's kind of how it works, and that's how it goes along. Do you manipulate your friends? <laughs> manipulate? Uh, I mean, yes, technically. You, 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 as, a, as a GM, you're manipulating everything, because you're the one who's running it, and if you run it badly, then it's not going to be fun. Fair. So I, 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 I just want them to have fun, and I have like some, uh, some plot set up, and if they decide to go to an area where I haven't fleshed it out at all, uh, they're probably not going to have fun, or as much fun, because I'll have to come up with all of it on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, it already requires a lot of improvising, and I don't like doing much prep as a DM, so <laughs> I'm improvising a lot, uh, but I, I love it. I that is so cool. I think this is so neat, and it's also something that's perfect to do. One, sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent. Go for it. It's really cool thing that you guys are all doing this kind of like at the stage in our lives we're at now we're all like early mid 20 somethings that are working and don't longer live in the same city um mm-hmm. so that part's cool but also in during freaking covid time what a better way to connect you know what's a better way to connect than that yeah those honestly those are just side benefits i'd play dnd either way but yeah how much bit. play experience did you have before you felt comfortable taking on a dm role zero I started by DMing, which was honestly oh, an interesting good. decision on my end. So the very, very first campaign I ran was uh, two years ago. Uh, and it was with Michelle, Andreas, Bixby. You're not going to know some of these. You know Michelle, you know Andreas, you know Bixby. Um, and then you wouldn't know Joe. Uh, you wouldn't know um, Jack. And you wouldn't know Brian, or but oh, Genevieve was in it too. Who? Jenny. So, so the size. Genevieve. This is like twice Genevieve. the size. Oh, I wonder how Genevieve is. How is Genevieve? Sorry. She's doing well. She's working. She's uh, she's working as an engineer in San Francisco. Sounds like Genevieve. Of course. <laughs> she's killing it. Kicking ass. Yep. That's awesome. But yeah, so that that was my very first campaign, and that was an interesting experience for one a party of seven is huge yeah kind of hard to handle that's a lot of people also did they have experience playing before or was it all them you guys just fucking a group of eight let's just fucking learn how to play D. that's yep. fucking sick <laughs> that is the coolest part about this is you're like we don't need anyone to introduce us we're gonna do it ourselves that's really cool. yeah i i bought i bought the player's handbook i bought the the dungeon master's guide 
I read them and I was like, okay, I can try to do this. And then we just started. And that, that's still the only campaign that I've ever finished. I think we played 20, like 24 sessions over the course of like eight months. Damn. Um, so that, that was a really, really fun time. I mean, it was a mess at times. It took, sometimes there was a single, like a single combat encounter that took three hours because people didn't know what their characters did. And I put way too many enemies in there. So it would take a really long time for them to get rid of all of them. Um, which isn't, it wasn't good DMing on my part, but I, I, it was my very first time doing it. So, uh, that, that was still a super fun experience. And I've done a, a couple campaigns since then. Damn. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wait, so have you ever played and not been a DM? Yeah. Yeah. I've played and not been a DM. Uh, let's see. Not much though. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think that like 90% of my dungeon or my D and D experiences as a DM. Um, That's cool. but I've played like I played one session in a campaign that Lauren had made, uh, and then I played like two or three sessions in two different campaigns that Andreas made that like folded after a few sessions. Um, it's a pretty common issue with campaigns is they'll, they'll just fold for whatever reason. People can't meet up. Um, uh, scheduling, I'm sure, is difficult with that, especially when you have seven or eight people. Like that's probably ridiculous. That was, it was nice that we were still meeting in person. This was like pre-COVID and everything like that. And we had like a day, we had a time, we met up, we played. So it was nice that we had that going. Honestly, it would be a nightmare to schedule a seven-person campaign right now. Um, I don't think I could get seven people in the same place for three hours. But um, yeah, I don't know. I love it. You guys, you guys should totally play if you have any interest in it. I'm I'm like low-key interested. I've been interested in it. I just have never been in a position where I was ready to commit because I know it's important. Like, I don't want to fuck with people's shit and, like, bail. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I never felt like I was ready to, like, commit to it. That could have been something we've done over this last Honestly, it could have. If you guys want, I can make something called a one-shot, where it's a d d It's not a campaign. It's just one single session. Um, and if you guys get other people that want to play, um, yeah, like, I, I could run it if you guys want. It's, it's, it's pretty easy to do it. Um, virtually that sounds like a good fucking plan to me <laughs> well, how many people how many people are we talking probably two other people two other people yeah could definitely do that for sure that's awesome yeah I, and I'm totally... my sister would both do it <gasps> that's a great idea well, that'd be super cool yeah family dnd you know that's that's like go- my, my life goals is the family dnd camp their family their is just big we on play games like fucking crazy and i've yeah. inherited that as well since dating john I'm looking at our freaking game cabinet right now. I got like 50 games. It's so <laughs> like it's what so kind of games? Chilling over here. Yeah, what kind of games? You said you were really into board games, and then we talked about D and D. But what other kind of games are you into? Um, well, just normal board games. But I guess like there is no such thing as normal board games. Okay, that's that's true. You gotta board classify. Games... There's so many different. John, like, okay, so okay, okay. My... Yeah, you can't simplify the shit. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, have you heard of a board game called Terraforming Mars? No. no. Okay, that's my very favorite board game. Super cool. But do you know Catan? Settlers of Catan? Yeah, we have oh, yeah. one, two, three, four. We got four, three expansions. Three expansions. I love Catan. So that, that's like that's like the gateway. That's that's the gateway board game. Uh, that's what got me into all this. So I, I think I have probably about 20 games uh, total. Have you ever played Dominion? No, but I know of it. I know of you Dominion. Would, sounds you would you would kill love Dominion. Love Dominion. 
It sounds super cool, it's, honestly. We have seven expansions. <laughs> <laughs> it is pure deck building, strategizing. Yeah, everyone has a common goal. So fun. Who does it better? That honestly, that sounds awesome. It's uh, it sounds like like seven wonders, but with like a goal. Yeah, that you're all working towards. Very Amazon new a, a Dominion game. I've been doing that lately. I've been like on online. <laughs> as long as you got somebody to play with, as long as your parents can play. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm getting them into board games now. Uh, oh, yeah. I was playing. I was playing one on one with Lauren through like all of quarantine, like all different types of board games. So and two we, player board games are hard to come by, like good ones. There's a really really good two player board game called Twilight Struggle. If you have any interest in what like, was the other one, Territory something? Uh, terraforming Mars. Terraforming. Ter- terraforming like uh. Terraforming. Like the uh, T E R R A. Okay, I got, yeah. I got. And then Twilight. <laughs> Twilight struggle. Struggle. Okay, okay. So terraforming Mars is you're working for yourself, but it's a deck building game. So you're building a deck, sort of. You're collecting cards, and you have to pay for them with resources. So it's also a resource game, resource collecting game that you get on the map, where you're trying to get these markers to the like oxygen to like 12% heat to a certain level at which point Mars becomes habitable for like human life that's when the game ends so it's a competitive game where you're all working to the same goal but you need to get more points than the other people as you're getting there oh I like it that's like part cooperative part competitive that's where we struggle Anna that is John and I as a couple and then add on Drew and we're all just we're not not competitive we're very competitive, <laughs> but we're also like friendly competitive, but only to an extent. And then it's like sassy we snap at each other. Yeah. So I've recently uh, been looking into more cooperative games, and yes. I totally recommend Pandemic. Pandemic is freaking. Oh, fun. I have Pandemic. Yeah, Pandemic is. Yeah, has been really good for the two of us. Really good play. relationship. <laughs> yeah, like, Pandemic hey, is awesome. Fun night, play together, not against each other. Yeah. But yeah. Um. There's yeah. There's so many. There's so many games out there. That's why it's so hard. Concordia is something else you probably like. I think Concordia is very got aspects of Catan. Yeah, we're new to Concordia. Concordia, I just played recently. It's super complicated. Drew and I played with John. It's it was John's second game and Drew's and my first game, and it took an hour and a half to read through the rules and figure everything out. I'm not. That's like maybe an exaggeration by 15 minutes. Not even. (laughs) And then, like, another three and a half hours to play the game. It took us about five hours beginning to wow. end. Just that for is the first game. And mostly because it was, I had only played once. Because my, my uncle, as much as I love board games, my uncle was a fucking next level. He has <laughs> probably close to 500, like, 300 plus for sure. But I'd say wow. probably closer to 400 games in his garage that he's, he's been collecting for years and years and years and has so many things. And so every time I come back home, he's always like, hey, got this new game. You're going to love it. And I'm just like, all right, let's do it. And he was like, I need four hours. I was like, okay. <laughs> but I totally love the game. It's like a combination of Catan, Dominion, and Risk. Which, so like... Like, like a deck building game where you're collecting resources but trying to get territory? Yes. 100%. Spot on. <laughs> Spot on. There's just so many levels and layers to the game that it's 
really a pain in the ass. But once you understand the rules and figure it out, like we've only played it once since I um, got it for like a, what, like three weeks ago, maybe? I don't know. John is like, it's... I'm telling you a week and a half from now that we are going to play it on Saturday and it's going to take us five hours. It's like, okay, I'll plan for it. I was like, you need to be emotionally prepared for the event. <laughs> because I really like it and I want you to like it. So we need to make sure that you're ready for it. Because if you're not ready, yeah. you're going to hate it and we're never going to play it again. <laughs> but yeah, super cool game. Definitely recommended playing with people who are like ready for that type of commitment though. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we're over an hour. Should we switch into like a... Oh, breaky break? Oh, yeah, down. I got to pee real bad. I got to so. pee and I need for my drink, so... We will be All back right. in a few seconds. See ya. All right. Sounds good. All right. I'm back. We are back. <laughs> we we shared our board game collection break. But... <laughs> Yeah, I was like low key down to continue that conversation on recording. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like once you get me talking about board games, you you could talk. I, I could talk anybody to death about that. I mean, it's it, it's bad. It's, it's, it's a, easy it's... once you get in that bubble. It's easy to, <laughs> and when you find someone else in that bubble, it's easy to just like, oh, you haven't played this, you gotta play this, mm-hmm. and it's like, ah, shit, there goes three hundred bucks on a game. Yep, exactly. <laughs> It's like, great, I need to add another several hundred dollars to my $1,000 list of board games exactly. I want to get. That's okay. That's, it is what it is. You live for it. And realistically, it's, I mean, it can be a lifelong investment. You know, mm-hmm. I think a board game is the type of thing that never goes out of date. It never gets old. It never, you know, the game is the game. And yep. it's a good game if it's a good game. And it'll be a good game 20 years yep. from now. Not to mention, you know, they're inherently social. Like the games themselves, you're you're playing with other people, right. and I mean, you're gonna have fun spending time with people regardless. You have a game to play, a reason to get together and spend time with them. I mean, I just I just love board games for just a whole a whole host of reasons that are just secondary to the actual gameplay. Me too. I... And you don't have to buy updates. You don't need to buy updates. There's no loot crates <laughs> to worry about. Uh, you just got the game, and yeah, I know. Once you have it, yes, expansions are another thing, but that's <laughs> it's those are more exciting. They come in a new box <laughs> with new pieces. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but we wanted to touch back in about law school because you've been there. You've been in law school for a year and a half. Yeah, just about at this point. Um, okay. So. Let's see. The beginning of law school. Um, it's actually interesting. So I'm. I'm. Right now, I'm a research fellow for one of my professors. Mm. Um, so I'm helping first years who are just starting now in the lawyer lawyering skills class, which sounds like a like a bogus class. Yeah, lawyer. Uh, <laughs> lawyer lawyering lawyering skills. Um, <laughs> but it's all honestly, it's an awesome class. It's probably my favorite that I've had so far. Even though, like when I had it last year. Um, it was my weakest class the first semester. Uh, but by the second semester, I think that just the amount of like improvement that I saw was, I, I just loved it in the class itself. And my professor was super cool. Um, she was really passionate about helping people improve um, their law- lawyering skills, which <laughs> you learn what those are in the class. Um, it's writing, research, and oral advocacy. Those are like the three, the three pillars. Um, so basically you need to be able to research cases uh you need to be able to write 
briefs or memos about those cases or, you know, okay. I need to need to pull back a little bit <laughs> and actually explain it in a way that makes sense. Um, you need to be able to write basically motions in court. Um, you need to be able to like when you, when you, when you're going to court for anything, there's a lot of writing involved and you're submitting a lot of documents. So writing is like a key skill for lawyers to have. And then on top of that, there's, negotiations that you're going to have you're going to be talking in front of the judge the jury um you're going to be making in discussions with the other counsel so the other side either you're going to be prosecution or defense in court so or, the oral skills are really important in terms of being able to like speak publicly speak clearly um and just be able to get your point across uh while speaking it's it, it's it's pretty hard. Um, like it sounds that, easy, but that's like the hardest part of being a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like a, there, there's been studies that say that people are more afraid of public speaking than death. So I think that um, <laughs> public speaking can definitely be something. If, if you're not comfortable doing it, it's really hard to learn it and get comfortable doing it just because, I mean, how, how many opportunities do you have to practice public speaking in like a stress-free environment? Exactly. I mean, plus, like, being a lawyer is adding so many more stresses onto that. It's not like giving a speech. You're like, this person's life potentially is in my hands to mm -hmm. determine it's going to happen by yeah. my public speaking skills. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a lot on the line. So, I mean, that, that's just why this class is important um, and why I wanted to be a research fellow for it, because it teaches you the foundations of how to be a lawyer, um, which I just think is really cool in that, like... You know, there's classes that like will teach you about the law doctrine. It'll teach you like what criminal law is like, uh, what contract law is and like the like what what constitutes a contract and, and like the process of doing that. But like lawyering skills is kind of unique in that it teaches you skills, not like doctrine. Mm -hmm. you know? So. So, yeah, like that's, that's application what versus it's, it's the theory. street smarts, the street smarts, not the book smarts. Exactly. Better. <laughs> application versus theory. That's also, that's also, that's also true. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but who's one's cooler though? <laughs> I think, I think I like, John, I like John's. We, I think we hit the same mark. You were just louder. I, I, like, <laughs> I like how differently we think about it though. Like, yes. I like our different interpretation. You know, you know John's, yours, yours sounded cooler, but Britt, you, you hit the nail more directly on the head with yours so i think they, they both Very have they both the have. way he said that <laughs> <laughs> it's a tie <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i don't know getting back to my first year in law school and like working with these first years now um i had a meeting with them today and like just hearing their struggles is kind of reminding me about how much i struggled my first year of law school uh, just because you hear you hear horror stories about like what the first year is like, the amount of work they put on you, the amount of stress that you're under, um, and they're mostly true. It's pretty bad. Um, oh, it, that sounds so, so sad. <laughs> so to a it's, law you. <laughs> um, it's 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 hard. It's, it's going to be really hard. I think I had, I don't think I'd ever had like okay, I can like count on my on one hand how many like emotional breakdowns i had before law school like mm -hmm. in my adult life um and i think I, ha I had like two maybe one uh and then in law school i had like three or four over the course of like a few months because it's just 
it takes a toll, you know, and it, it's, you're, you're under a lot of stress. You have a lot of work to do. The grading system is a curve. So you're, you're not graded on like how well, you know, the information you're graded on how well, you know, the information compared to all these other like awesome, really smart people right. who are also there. So like you can, you can do great and not get a good grade because everybody else does like fantastically amazing. Oh my um, gosh. That's so, so yeah, I don't know. It's the grading system is, uh, I'm not a big fan of it, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a really hard year and yeah, it's, but it's really rewarding at the end, at least like, I feel like somebody like took like an ice pick of knowledge and just like drove it into my brain. Cause it was a very painful experience, but just the amount of knowledge that like I gained and like the skills that I developed were like, I, I it was kind of hard to believe how like much I improved over the course of the year. Mm. Um, like, uh, let's say I'm writing a memo. Okay. I'm like a, a few, so you need to research um, cases and you, let's say you do research and you gather like 15 cases and you're trying to prove uh, that a slip in, in a slip and fall case um, when they haven't, let's say somebody slips and falls after like 10 minutes of a puddle being on the ground without anybody seeing it. So you find cases that are similar to that one um, that you can use to support your point. And then you use those cases and you write a memo uh, that just explains like, okay, we have 15 cases saying that like after five minutes of a puddle being on the ground, if somebody slips and falls, uh, you're the person who should clean up the puddle would be liable for damages. Uh, in these cases, this is how much money they got. Um, this is the amount of damages that they were awarded. Based on that, this is what I expect to happen in this case. So that's essentially like a memo that you would give to an attorney. Um, if you're like an associate, you would give that to a senior attorney who's kind of in charge of the actual cases. Mm. Um, but that's kind of like the grunt work that needs to be done. So that's kind of what we were learning about. Uh, and like in the beginning, it took me probably about 35 hours of work from start to finish um, for like a 1000 word memo. Uh, and then Ooh! like by that the end, shitty ratio right there. <laughs> by the rough. end, I could probably do the same thing in like three or four hours. No it's just way! like the difference that it makes. Cause like the research, it's like, let's say you, you have so we use like these websites that have cases on there and you need to relearn how to research based on what the website requires so let's say you don't know what google is and you've never seen it before and somebody plops google down in front of you and says all right uh tell me tell me how many people have died on mount everest or something like that and so you're like okay i i'll type in mount everest or something like that you just it takes a while to like figure out exactly what you need to type in to get the response right that you want from google right um it's the same thing so it, it takes like practice and learning to figure out what you should even start like researching right before you can start finding the right cases and then once you find the cases instead of spending an hour with each case reading through it you spend two minutes uh looking where you know the information is going to be right if the case is good you keep it and then you can look into it a bit longer and if it's bad you just toss it so everything becomes like infinitely faster because it's all brand new skills uh, that you're learning. And that, that, that was really the cool part of first year is that like the suffering and like everything from that year 
resulted in actual like progress like mm, tangible like visible, tangible yeah progress and that was super cool and also I, I i probably wouldn't have made it through if i didn't have lauren so shout out shout out to lauren who, shout out uh, to supportive emotionally yeah supportive partners extremely important especially yeah. during trying times like that like yeah yeah. That's insane. Thirty-five hours. But I totally know to what you three mean. Three to four hours. I totally know what you mean. I had to write like a. Ooh. I had to write. I mean, it's not nothing compared. But like understanding how to work databases. Oh, yeah. And how to find the information you're looking for to even see if it's applicable enough to freaking reference in your short, whatever paper you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, I like understand that process and. You like the curation of like resources yeah knowing what to pull in and what to send out like that is such a valuable skill no matter what you're working in you know no matter what field like i do it analysis of information is applicable in all realms yeah i I do it with like with football with coaching when i when i look through youtube videos there's a million fucking clinics from a million fucking coaches who all think what they're saying is god's given you know fucking information from who knows where but you have to be able to analyze very quickly. Hey, is anything in this video worth a shit listening to? No, it's not. Cool. Gone. Next one. Oh, this is good. Put it in fucking playlist. You know, like similar, I think to obviously way more fun, but, <laughs> but yeah, similar to, to what you're talking about is just like mm-hmm. identifying and, and separating the good from the bad. Mm-hmm. Well, narrowing it down and making sure it's reputable, like, and like, legit i don't know probably not relevant to your like cases that are all like court documents but like looking into research papers and studies and experiments like is a peer reviewed has it been you know replicated multiple times how many references does it have right like all all of that analysis of what's in front of you also is like a skill to learn yeah that's kind of like the cool thing about those skills because like that skill um, of being able to like differentiate and pick and choose what is relevant uh, is, I mean, you see it again, it's, it's relevant for picking out the right football clip. It's relevant for getting the right uh, information from a database. It's relevant for trying to figure out cool facts on Google. Right. And like you, you see these skills that are applicable over like multiple prof- professions. Like we just said, like all, all three of our jobs use the same skill. Um, and I don't know, it's cool. It's cool to see that. And it's just, it's a fun time. Yeah. Everybody should use that in their um, analysis of information in the media as well. <laughs> yes. It is very, very important to take everything you hear with a grain of salt yeah. and in a whole bag of salt. <laughs> yes, exactly. And figure out, make, make sure that everything you're hearing is, is backed factually. Uh, and that's, that's just, that's important. But that, that that that's a whole different podcast <laughs> oh, worth yeah, it, talking there. We're talking about this, but also like recent reports of stuff in the news is so oh. biased and illegitimate that it's interesting that we're talking about like yeah. the crit like big critiques of yeah. other things, yeah. You know? And and it's funny to see even in like a court where it's supposed to the judges isn't supposed to be biased you see bias in cases because judges are humans and humans are biased. Right. Inherently. Nobody's objective. You can't, you can't approach something objectively. It's impossible because you bring in unconscious biases in if you're not, you know, applying those. So that's also something to be aware of 
like if you're, if you're trying to write, it's really hard because we need to learn how to write objectively um, for for uh, just legal writing. Some of it is objective. Which basically is, is writing impossibly. <laughs> that, that's the thing. It took me a long time to actually learn how to write objectively because it's like I can't. You need to think differently. And it's hard to think differently because you spent your whole life thinking one way. And you need to just shift and you need to like make your brain work in a way that has never worked before. And it's like, what am I doing? And that, now I'm like working with people who are about to go through the same process. Um, and I, I, what's that? I was going to say, yeah. So are you like a mentor to them? You're like, it's okay. It gets better. You're like, I, I literally I said that today. Too. It's okay. I, I literally said that reason. today. Um, because I was talking, I'm essentially, well, okay. I'm a research fellow which means that I'm assisting the professor in um, implementing her course. Like so essentially a TA. More yeah. legit. But like, it sounds, sounds cooler. But like it's, it a sounds, it's, 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 a, it's a fancy version of a, of a teacher's assistant. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm working with four students right now. And they're all first years. They just came in. Uh, I talked to them for the first time today over Zoom. And uh, it's... I mean, I'm hearing everything they're going through. They're like feeling overwhelmed. Uh, just the amount of information that's coming at them. Like I've been in your shoes and like, I'm, I'm trying to be more of a mentor than like my RFs were when I was like a freshman year. No, nothing against my RFs, by the way, they were great um, at like helping, helping teach the course. And like, that's important, but I want to be more of like an actual, like, like a mentor um, to like help them kind of, oops, Hello? Uh-oh. Are you there? We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but I think that is super... Adam! Important. <laughs> <laughs> we might have another intermission and throw, a, throw another one back on, and we'll be back in a second. <laughs> All right, can you guys hear me? There we yeah, are! we're back again. <laughs> Great. Okay, awesome. Had some technical difficulties there on my end, so sorry about that. Oh, okay. don't apologize. That is our are, lives now. You Everybody, are, <laughs> you are not the first, and you are not the last. <laughs> Good to hear. But yeah, so I was saying, um, I was talking about being a uh, research fellow or teacher's assistant for these guys, and I'm trying to be more of like a mentor that can like help them through the process of first year as opposed to just like teaching them about the class. And I think that that's something that like all of us were trying to do a bit more um, like uh, there's other RFs, by the way, there's six of us total for this teacher and we each have four students that we're working with. So I think that we're trying to be a bit more like mentors because of just the situation that we're in. Um, it would be super easy to be kind of isolated. I feel like doing, mm -hmm. I, doing law school virtually um, you're going in, you don't know anybody and now you're in a situation where you can't meet anybody in person uh, in the way that you would just would naturally meet people like going to school. Right. So, so they don't our, have the ability to interact with each other and support each other. So it's, I mean, pretty necessary for the only people that you get to interact with to be more of a support system. That makes total sense. Yeah. And I think what's super cool is that the my group that I'm working with have already like formed a group chat and they they're like friends with each other, so like people are being super like 
adaptive to the situation, which for them. that's hard. I mean, people always amaze me, but mm-hmm. like people have a tendency to adapt. And I think, I think that's what a lot of people have been doing. I mean, some people obviously are going to struggle with the situation. Um, not everybody's going to be able to like thrive, but I've, I've been pretty impressed so far with what I've seen in terms of these first year law students that are coming in with like a positive out attitude. And yeah, I think that some of them are getting again, a bit overwhelmed, but I, I spent like 20 minutes today reassuring some people that um, it gets easier at the more you do it and that, and just reminding them to take care of themselves during this process, because it's really easy, um, especially in your first year of law school, but I mean, just for people in general to lose track of like self-care um, and stuff like that. So you need to take care of yourself in order to, I, I, I think I said this earlier, but you need to take care of yourself uh, in order to do really anything in, in order to take care of others, in order to take care of your education or your job. Um, so you need, you need a strong basis from which to work. Uh, and I think that that's something that, people might be at risk at right now in terms of just the online situation. Yes, Adam. Definitely. I love that. That's 100% right. I, yeah, I, I totally agree too. I think this, that's something I'm kind of working with, with the, the high school kids that I get to work with, you know, because I coach is, is there's a, there's a huge tendency in high school for exclusivity and, you know, kids not feeling like they're included or a part of something or that they belong. And that makes it even harder during all of this for kids to feel like they belong and just kind of reaching out to kids and being like, Hey, how's everything going? Or even like the seniors graduating seniors from last year, like out on, you know, prom and graduation and all of these important things leading up to, you know, school decisions and, are they going to go somewhere during this time? Or what does that look like? You know, do I want to go to community college instead because it's cheaper and I'm going to be online anyway? Like there were a whole bunch of like tough decisions that realistically no one has an answer for. So I've, I've felt that same type of like need to be there for people just in this time of like, hey, you're fucking 17, 18, you don't know what the fuck's going on, just as much as my 24-year-old self doesn't know what the fuck's <laughs> going on. But because I, you know, I got six years on you, I feel like I can help with what I learned in these past six years. And I feel like yeah. even just one year of law school has given you that much more outlook on their situation, you know, because it's all relative, like that you're mm-hmm. able to help them in a way that they really need right now. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you're, you're, feeling the same way just because I, I think that that's really important right now um just i don't know we're, we're stuck we're stuck away from each other and it's the exclusion that is there in high school is just going to be amplified so i think it's really cool that you're kind of feeling the same way and that you're you're working to try to like support these kids during like a time of their life where i mean li- life is hard in high school like people will like tease high schoolers who complain because they have like not as many responsibilities as adults do but high school i think that hard. what's that that high school's hard just that time in your life is hard yeah it's not like what you're doing that's hard necessarily i mean high school is hard like the subjects can be and the work can be a lot um but just the 
I don't know, the emotional toll of the social situation that you're in can be really bad. Yeah. Uh, high school was, I, I just finished my, my first year of law school. And I can still say wholeheartedly that my first three years of high school were worse than that. Oh, uh, not, oh my God. Not any, not anywhere near like in terms of, see, that's why like I qualified as in my entire adult life. I'd had fewer <laughs> emotional breakdowns. Cause right. like, I'm not counting my teenage years um, because high school sucked yeah. hard. And like, <laughs> it's, it's just a matter of like, you're, you're stuck in a situation where potentially you're like around people who aren't your friends and like you're stuck there for eight hours a day. Um, and like what happens if you don't have a social, like any sort of social net there uh, to support you, you can be totally left out in the cold. And that's like the entirety of your life. So you have nothing to fall back on. Um, not like now when we're adults where like if you don't get along with your coworkers, you still have your friends outside of work. Right. Uh, or you can like join, a, like, I don't know, you can do something. You can get outside of the bubble. But, you know, when you're, when you're in high school, it's you're stuck in the situation that you're in. And if it's a bad situation, then it's going to make you miserable for a long time. And I think that there's not much else harder than that. I agree. Oh. It's so interesting for me to hear that perspective because like I, I had the complete opposite experience in high school and <laughs> not, not to say that I didn't think, I don't think I was aware that obviously other people had different experiences, but especially at that age, it's hard to, to necessarily relate to other people that you don't have a whole lot in common with. So for me playing like multiple sports and, you know, being quote unquote, like a popular kid who like interacted with a lot of people and said hi to people and, you know, was all day and had a good time. And like, it's, it's interesting to see you know a little bit of the, the other side of like, that's not everyone's experience. And like, I think about the kids that I with because I was in like AP classes and those weren't the kids that I played sports with mostly. So like I had kind of segmented groups of friends and mm -hmm. I feel like it's different being that kid in between where I was able to relate to like AP kids and also like dumb football kids. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> which a lot of my football friends were dumb which like it is what it is but like you know like there's just like a weird in between where i don't think i necessarily picked up on all of the the nuances of of high school because mm. i felt like i was a part of more groups and i had that natural inclusion factor in different areas your experience mm -hmm. with the different groups was always positive. Exactly. I think my experience in high school is probably somewhere in between where it was, it was really neutral. I like worked really hard and I understood the nuances and like social scenes. I wasn't really a part of them, whether the like, whether like the popular quote unquote crowd or like not. I, ate lunch in the math room every day senior year but that was literally so I could do homework because I practiced and then a lot of other homework after and I never was like embarrassed about that I was just like what happened but like I didn't have my first kiss till like honestly the week after graduating and like I never drank in high school and I never went out and it, it wasn't like I just I not like I even wanted to I just didn't like have time and it wasn't about it and so but at the same time, I still enjoyed the people I was around for the most part. So, but as soon as I hit college, we were talking this earlier, it's a little bit of a full circle of a conversation. I didn't realize 
I could be like, it was like next level happy. Cause like I was a pretty happy person, just like generally positive. Like everyone knew me as like the bubbly, bunny, sporadic person. Hi, I'm Brittany. <laughs> so college was next level. I was like, oh, this, this is what genuine like contentment is. Like I'm genuinely happy. And it's not to like design the people that I was friends with in high school, but it's, it was just like a different realization, I think, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I felt the exact same way in terms of going from, like, high school to college in terms of, well, for me, it wasn't going from, like, okay, senior year wasn't too bad. Um, I actually had a friend group in senior year, and, like, uh, I hung out with people outside of school, too. Mm. Um, it's making it sound like my earlier years were just miserable and alone, which, <laughs> in large part, they were. But, um, but going to college was, like, a completely different experience, and, like, being on a floor with a bunch of really cool people who... I like I did they didn't like have any preconceived notions about me that like mm-hmm. I had in high school like oh he's a he's like he's just a nerdy kid or he's like he's weird so I could just go to like I could just go meet a bunch of people and like they just liked me um Dude, which, that was cool um in spot on <laughs> fucking spot on that is exactly and then guess what and Sorry. then they realized he had more he had more and then they realized you were nerdy and they still fucking loved you yeah i know and that, that was that was the fun part is that like i don't know i just got to meet people and like yeah, people good. weren't being shitty and just, i don't know i mean it, that was starting to happen a bit towards the end of high school anyways mm. um yeah but i think that college really accelerated that process of realizing that um I could have friends, a lot of friends, and that was okay. Like, I had, what, I think three friends for, like, most of my life. Like, they were good friends. And, like, don't get me wrong, if I didn't have them, um, that would be a very bad situation. Uh, but my friends were, like, Andreas, Bixby, and Mark, just throughout my entire life. Um, and in high school, like, those were my friends. Bixby and Mark didn't go to my high school. So my only friend was Andreas. And then we couldn't see each other for a lot of the time because we would not be in the same class. So that's kind of why high school was not a fun time for me. Uh, but like just going to college and like having like 60 friends, I, I had never had anything like anywhere close to that experience. It was like completely brand new. I loved it. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've had a lot of friends since then. So I, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. It's seriously yeah. like, and our experience more, more than others. I understand that potentially, but, just the, the opportunity to go move to a new place and new setting and and just rebrand yourself. Oh, totally. You know, the like, night the night that the night that Abhiji introduced himself was Justin, because I was that's his like English name, and he was like that's what I you know he typically goes by, and we were like, well, what do you want? What do you want us to call you? He's like, well, my name's Abhiji, and we we're like, okay, we'll figure out how to say it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Yep. It's like, all right, like, you're now Abba Jeet. Is it cool if we call you Jeet for short? Four years. Like, if you want that, you say it now, you know? And I was cool because that was the mentality of the floor. It was like, it was all accepting the night, what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. and like, it, you didn't know anybody. Like, there was there were no pretenses. Like you're saying, there, there was no preconceived, like, no, I guess you guys Facebook stalked me, so you knew a little bit. But like, other than <laughs> that, you know, like, I, I came in to college as you know you you come in as a freshman in high school and you're at the bottom of the totem pole you know you like as you grow you like work your way up and then you know you're a senior you're like you're the top dog and i like felt like i was cool and i was the top dog and i moved to college and 
Nobody knew shit, and I loved it. I loved that I could come into a, a space and not have any expectation to live up to and not have any any bar to meet, and I could just literally be myself and be chill and meet whoever I wanted to meet and talk to whoever I wanted to talk to, and, and our floor was beyond receptive to all of those types of people, no matter what experience they had before. And I think that's why we all just gelled so well. Yeah, I loved it. And it, it shows now, you know, interacting six years later, we're like, yo, Adam, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I'm still happy to see anybody, anybody from second floor who I haven't seen in a while or just puts a smile on my face when I see him again. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I've i missed like you guys. I, I missed hanging out with everybody Thanks. and like seeing you guys. And it's, I don't know that that's just kind of like the I feel like that, that was kind of part of the unique relationship that the second right. floor had is that we can like even people that like even people that I wasn't really friends with after freshman year um, that like kind of just did their own right. thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you guys, I was still friends with after freshman year, of course, but like like even seeing those people is so like cool and it's happy to see and, them. And it's so nice. exciting. It's so, like. It's like those friends from high school that you aren't really friends with, but you see them anywhere outside of school. And you're like, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, what's up? Like, we're friends. And then you're like, oh, but not really. But like, it's the same thing. Like, anytime I saw anyone the same way, like, the, I'm thinking of high school. Oh, yeah, different. But like, well, I mean, like, like, like Derek and Martin. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You're right. Like, I was never no, I mean, super like, close it, but... with either of them, always had good mm-hmm. interactions. And anytime I saw them randomly throughout campus or throughout IV or whatever, I'd be like, yo, what's up? And they'd be like, oh, hey. And that was it. But just the fact that three years ago, we lived on the same floor and had good interactions and were able to say hi to each other on the street, like that, mm-hmm. that just does wonders for just like your day-to-day experience. You yeah, know? I would agree. Yeah, exactly. And like, I don't know, just the difference between that and, like, high school and, like, kind of going back. Like, my brother was, you know, he was, like, an athlete. He played baseball. And he was, like, considered, he was, like, popular, you know. But he he still says that he, like, hated high school as well. I think it it might part partially come down to luck with who you're stuck with in high school. Um, And I think that if you get lucky and you're around cool people uh, who are just nice, um you'll have a good time. And if you're unlucky and like the people that share your hobbies or your classes are mean or cruel, you'll have a bad time. And I think that, uh, John, John, I'm glad you were lucky in high school in the terms of who you, who you're hanging out with. Um, cause that sounds like the, the, the experience that it really should be. And I think that's, that's kind of what, um, that's kind of what college ended up being was that, like that experience for me, just cause I definitely went into high school without really any preconceived notions and I was innocent as hell. I didn't know anything. Uh, and then it was uh, it was a bad year. So that, that kind of put a taint on my whole uh, high school experience. Mm. Um, but I totally know what you but... mean. I mean, I was, I, Jordan was one of my closest friends freshman year anyway. But we went abroad together our junior year. We went to Florence. And I enjoyed all the people I met there. Our housemates I particularly liked a lot. And then the other friends we met outside of our, 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 but Jordan and I just had this like 
Like, we both got it. We are both like, these people are cool, but like. They're not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> our housemates, we love our housemates, but like everybody else, we're like, it's not, it's not the same vibe. Which, which was a similar situation, you gotta imagine, because like we all didn't know each other, but we're all like, we're experiencing this big new thing together and like living in a different country and taking these classes and all that kind of stuff. And it was a different experience, I have to say, than what my freshman year was, which I just ended up at the end of the uh, quarter, like appreciating that like, it was like legit the people (laughs) I met freshman year. It wasn't even just like the circumstance. It was the actual individuals, Mm -hmm. I think, that made that experience. And realistically, if you had to choose between having a good, time in high school and a good time in college oh i feel like anyone would pick college 10 times out of 10 right. <laughs> yeah i would not i would not switch my experiences yeah, for like, for anything you... like to have a good time in high school and a bad time in college? Yeah. no i don't think so Definitely. um i mean I'll... lucky lucky <laughs> you know you would have never thought that at 16 <laughs> you know but yeah i'm happy that yeah. you got the experience that you got and and i got to be a part of it yeah, I'm glad you, you both were a part of it. It was just, I don't know, such a great time. Those were, like, really good years. Um, and that that's when I learned, like, like what Brittany was saying, what actual happiness is like and contentment yeah. and what genuine people are like. Um, I think that I, I had a good understanding of what non-genuine people were like before going into mm-hmm. college. But what, once, I, once I got there, I uh, I, like, really understood, like, you know, like how genuine people acted and right. what it was like to be, to hang out with them. And that was super cool. I mean, like some of my best friends today are still, are like people I met in college, like uh, Gerardo, uh, Parker, um, guys that I, that I still talk to on like a regular basis, like every single week. And I don't know, it, it's, it's unprecedented, like how many people I met and then like became friends with just immediately. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Crazy. I agree. And like, like 95% of all my close friends right now are from second floor or I met as a result of second floor. And that's really just to include Drew. But, <laughs> but like my best, my close girlfriends all lived on that floor. Obviously I'm dating John. Uh, Alyssa's dating Anthony. I saw Anthony's at all my holidays. Like he's a regular in my life. Like it's like crazy to think about those kind of numbers and how much, that's like the case no yeah i mean just thinking about it i don't know Mo- almost all of the friends who like i'm planning on hanging out with are like uh people from second floor who i met through second floor like i'm like in the bay area now i'm be hanging out with, like michelle and like people i met yeah. through her michelle reached um, out the second floor she dm'd me about What's michelle that? dm'd me about mo yeah oh you made me remind me of michelle i just talked to her like a week ago two weeks ago <laughs> Whoa. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Mo just moved to the Bay Area too. Sorry, who... my cat, my cat, met... Massimo. <laughs> Not Momo. Got it. Momo. <laughs> so sorry. There's there's more than one Mo. You're right. There's one more than one. Sorry, I wasn't aware that your cat was named Mo, but now now I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, is is it? Has your cat? Oh, he's so good. He just learned how to get on top of the cabinets in the kitchen, which was Max's, our older cat's kind of king domain area. Anytime he wanted to get away, he'd go uh-huh. there. And... Mosmo's a kitten. Yeah. He's really obnoxious. Like, Got really, it. really obnoxious. And so Max would be just like, get away from me and go up on these cabinets. And now, as of today, Mo knows how to get up there. 
and Max. We knew this would come. Max is unaware that that Mo knows, and we are dreading the time where Max is like running away from Mo, and then Mo just follows him up. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be a, a sight to behold when it happens. But yeah, I don't know. Second floor was just like. I, I'm glad that I met everybody on second floor and just it was such an enriching experience in my life. Just that whole year, everybody that was on the floor, everybody that I still get to be friends with now. Um, just so mm, cool. I agree. Totally. Dude, thank you so much this for coming so on. This was so fun, Adam. sharing all of your law experience with us. <laughs> because thank I you can't guys. wait until you crank out this next two years and you're doing your thing and helping people and more about it as you learn more about it excited for you definitely thank you guys for having me so this was fun. such a cool podcast yay thanks adam <laughs> we love you and i love you man and thanks everybody for listening in on adam <laughs> <Yay>. all right <laughs> catch you later bye bye everybody yes.